Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hey, that was good, wasn't it? Thank you, Jesus. Everybody doing okay? Let's, let's just um, let's open up with a word of prayer. Can we do that? I feel like the Lord wants to do something in us today. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for what you have to say to us. Lord, I pray that we would open our hearts to your word today. Lord, that we would receive all that you have for us because you have everything good. Every good and perfect gift comes from you. And I thank you, Lord, that you've got goodness in store for us. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that we'd walk in it today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Say amen. 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 Hey, I'm, this morning I'm starting a, a new series. We finished up sort of faith. I think we'll probably get back to it. You ever finish faith? I don't know. Um, we'll probably get back to it. But um, I feel like the Lord wants us to go on to the Holy Spirit and I know this is something that we talk about a lot in here, and I know you probably, you probably know a lot about this, but I feel like the Lord wants us to, to really get familiar, more familiar with the Holy Spirit, because he's got some things he wants to do in your heart. He's got some things he wants to do in you and through you. And so open, open up your Bibles with me this morning. I want to start here, John chapter 16. John 16, and we're looking at verse... Seven, and Jesus says, it's for your benefit that I go away. It, look at the Amplified Bible up there. He says, I'll tell you the truth. i tell you nothing but the truth. It's, it's profitable. It's, and that word can be translated good, expedient, advantageous for you that I go away. Now, how many of you know Jesus doesn't lie? But if there's one verse in the Bible where it seems like Jesus was lying a little bit, it was this one. Hey, it's good. Can you imagine Jesus looking his disciples in the eye and saying, it's good for you that I'm going away? That doesn't seem very good. It seems like the opposite of good, Jesus. Why is it good that you're going away? It, hey, Jesus could have died on the cross and stayed here forever. We could have set up, we could have set up a throne for him in the temple he could have sat on the throne. We could have, he could have had a weekly Jesus broadcast on the Jesus Network, you know? And, I mean, we could, have, we could have waited in line probably for years, but we could have had a personal audience with him at some point in our lives. It might have only been for two seconds, but you, maybe if you could wait long enough, you could meet Jesus in person. But that was not God's plan. God didn't want Jesus to sit on a throne in the temple here on this earth, he had a better plan. And Jesus said, it's good that I go away because you know what God's plan was? He didn't want him sitting on a throne in some temple. He wanted him sitting on the throne of your hearts. And he didn't want him in some man-made temple. He wanted his spirit living inside you because you became the temple of the Holy Spirit. That was God's plan for you. And so I want to I talk about this a little bit. The Holy Spirit in you. Look what he says. I'm going to keep reading this verse here. Go back to one second. Yes, because if I don't go away, and he says this, the comforter, the, and it means that word can mean, it's, that word is in Greek, paraclete, and it means counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, the standby, someone who's called alongside to help you will not come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, 
I'm going to send him to be with you and be in close fellowship with you. So get what Jesus is saying. He said, it's good that I'm going away because if I go away, I can send the Holy Spirit to live inside you. You don't have to wait in line to meet Jesus. He lives in you. You don't have to, you don't have to turn on the, the Jesus network. You can just talk to Jesus because he lives in you. And he didn't send you a substitute teacher version of himself. Do you remember the substitute teacher in school? I did the substitute teacher job for a little while when I first got out of college and I was working as a youth pastor in Missouri and, and uh, I, I picked up a little side job substitute teaching and I did not like it because first of all, I was unqualified. You can, you can ask me to teach a Bible class, but I'm not any good. You can ask my kids. I'm not any good at teaching math. I'm not any good at teaching most subjects. I'm not any good. You can go down the list. History. Don't ask me any history questions. I'm no good. But I think the, the teachers know that when the substitute teacher comes in, don't they? Because what do they give them? They give them some awful movie that the kids don't want to watch. The kids don't want to be there. The kids don't like the substitute teacher because they're not the regular teacher. And they try, they try to take advantage of you. And it's fine because the substitute teacher has no idea what's going on. And some kid tells them their name is Bob and he's really, he's really Joe and he's goofing off the whole time and you leave the teacher note, Bob was really bad in class. There is no Bob in class, but it doesn't matter because the teacher's got no idea what's going on. Listen, I want to tell you, Jesus did not leave a substitute teacher version of himself. He left the Holy Spirit, the, who's the same, same exact representation of the Father as Jesus was. Jesus told the disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And then when he sent his Holy Spirit, he sent the representation of himself to live inside of us. So we didn't get some downgraded version of God. You've got the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had. You've got everything Jesus had because the Holy Spirit is in you. Amen. Are you getting that? I like that. So he says, you get another counselor. You get another paraclete, someone like me. So Jesus was a paraclete. He was, he was there to help those guys. He was there to teach them. He was there to train them. He was there to, to get them on the right track. And he says, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Look at what, so this, I want you to look at these words for a second. He's the advocate. It calls him the advocate. Some, an advocate is someone who speaks for you. When I don't know what to say, it's okay. The Holy Spirit will speak for me. When someone rises up against me and says, hey, and makes some kind of accusation, I don't even have to worry about it. My advocate is going to go to work for me. If the devil comes and tries to accuse me, my advocate goes to work for the, for the Father. In the name of Jesus, he's up there. He's just like, he's, he's interceding for me. Come on. It calls him the strengthener. See, when I don't feel strong, he's strong in me. It's the word of God says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You know what the power of his might is? It's the Holy Spirit. So you've got the Holy Spirit. You've got power in you. What did Jesus say in Acts chapter, Acts chapter 2, verse 8? But you shall receive, or Acts 1, 8, excuse me. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be witnesses. Sometimes we confuse that and we think, well, it's just power to witness. No, he said, you'll receive power and you'll be witnesses too. 
You're going to be witnesses because you're, you're going to live in such power like we, we shared earlier about the blessing that people are going to be in awe of you because of the blessing. Well, people are going to be in awe of you too because of the power of God that's at work in your life, transforming you, making you like him, walking like Jesus did. People are going to be in awe of that. Amen. That's how we're supposed to live. He's your strengthener. He's your intercessor. Look at this. Romans, can you throw Romans chapter 8, verse 26 up there? You know this scripture in the same way. The Spirit also joins to help us in our weakness because we don't know how to pray as we should. Did you know that? We don't always know how to pray like we should. You know, sometimes there's something going on. Lord, I just don't even know what. Sometimes there's things going on that you don't, you don't even know situations that are going on. Have you ever heard stories like that? Somebody said, I just felt I was praying in the Spirit and I felt impressed to pray for some missionary that I that had come to the church or something I just interceded for them and they come to find out later that missionary was facing some kind of difficult situation there's things like that you don't know how to pray because you don't know everything but he does you might be interceding for somebody in this church you might be interceding for somebody in your family and you're just praying in the spirit and suddenly you get a strong impression man I need to pray for that person and you start praying see I don't know how to pray like I should but the spirit prays the spirit's praying through me so he's interceding Keep, keep going with that verse. Because we don't know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. Get this now. The Holy Spirit, who's God, yeah, in, who lives inside you, is praying for you. God is praying for you. How powerful is that? God who lives in you is praying to God the Father for you. And when I don't know what's good for me sometimes, oh, the Holy Spirit, he knows what's good for me. And so when I, this is why, and we're going to talk about this over the next several weeks, so don't get upset if I don't take enough time with something today. There's not enough time today. We're going to get into this over the next several weeks. But listen, as you pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is interceding for you. He's praying to the Father for you, for things. Listen, he knows stuff that's coming up today and tomorrow and next week that you're going to be facing and you don't know, but he knows. And as you pray in the Spirit, he's going to be interceding. Lord, you know this, is, this situation's coming up. He's going to be facing this trial. Lord, give him strength. The, the God in you, Holy Spirit in you, is praying to God the Father for you. Let, don't ever underestimate the power of your prayers. Let me say it again. Don't ever underestimate the power of your prayers, especially praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. Your prayers are doing things that you're not even, you don't even know sometimes the power, what's happening when you start praying. When you start interceding, when you start praying in the Spirit because the Spirit's praying through you. Don't underestimate the power of your prayer. I want you to go here for a second. Go to 1 Corinthians 3.16. You can put that up on the screen for me. Don't you know that you're God's sanctuary and that the Spirit of God lives in you? Listen, we got to come to the realization this morning. The Holy Spirit lives in you. I remember one of my children was... we. I probably shouldn't say where we were um, at a we were at a church somewhere um, with with our children, 
And it was just a funny situation, you know, because we were there, it was in a big sanctuary at the church, or big, not sanctuary, a gymnasium that was at the church. There was, it was four kids, there was a whole bunch of kids there, and a couple of the kids were running around. And some woman stood up and she hollered at those kids, hey, kids, sit down, what do you think you're doing running in God's house? And it was, it, and I, I'm all for, I'm all for teaching some kids how to be respectful and stuff, but I just thought it was funny because I think if you ask most Christians about God's house, they'll tell you about their church. If you ask most Christians about, hey, what, tell me about the church. Well, the, the, we have this building and that building and this. No, 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 we're the church. Your, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Listen again, I'm all for respect, but you better start treating your body with the same respect that you treat this building. If Christians would treat their bodies and their minds and their lives with the same kind of respect that they treat at the church, we'd be a lot better off. You know, you, most Christians would never walk into a church and start cussing somebody out, but they'll walk out there and do it. Why? Because they haven't recognized my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You with me? All right. Keep going. Listen, so Jesus said it's for your benefit. It's for you. This is for your benefit that I go away. It's for your own good because now we've got the Holy Spirit living in us. I want to show you some things this morning over the next few minutes. Go to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. And I want you to see how Jesus lived with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Because here's the point. He said, it's good that I'm going to the Father, because if I go, I can send you the Holy Spirit. The point was, because he told his disciples later, you'll do the same things I've been doing. And even greater, because I'm going to the Father. How could he say that? Because he was going to the Father to send his Holy Spirit in you, to live in you, to make you live like Jesus, to make you do the things that Jesus was doing. So he says, it's good that I'm going to the Father. So look at how Jesus lived with the Holy Spirit. Look at Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus, after he returned from the Jordan, this was right after his baptism, right? He'd been baptized by John the Baptist. He returned from the Jordan full of the Holy Spirit. Up until this moment, up until his baptism, remember at his baptism, the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove. God the Father spoke, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. He returned from that moment, it says, full of the Spirit. Up until that time, there were no miracles that Jesus performed. You know, sometimes you hear these little, there, there's some little stories about Jesus when he was a child. They're make-believe stories of Jesus making clay pigeons and tossing them in the air and then becoming birds. False. He didn't do that because everything he did, he did by the power of the Holy Spirit. He didn't do miracles as God, because if he did, he would not have been able to say, it's good that I go to my father because he's God. He should have stayed on earth to help us out. He didn't do that. He sent another helper. So he did everything by the power of the Holy Spirit. Up until this moment, there's no miracles. There's not even any teaching. There's not anything. He didn't do anything because everything he did, he did by the power of the Spirit. And I want you to look at the first thing it says about the Holy Spirit. So now he's full of the Spirit and the first thing that happens is the Spirit leads him into the wilderness. The Spirit leads him. Listen, what's supposed to happen when the Holy Spirit lives in you? He's supposed to lead you. You're supposed to be led by the Spirit. 
What am I supposed to do? Ask the Holy Spirit. See, this is where we get in trouble is when we start doing things on our own. Right? You look at look through the Old Testament. When did people get in trouble when they stopped asking God's advice? Right? They stop seeking God, they get in trouble. The word of God says, acknowledge me in all your ways and I'll make your path straight. So we've got the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, part of his job is to lead you. Jesus said this about the Holy Spirit. He calls him the spirit of truth. And he says, the spirit of truth will lead you into, anybody know? All truth. You've heard this before. The Holy Spirit, I love it because he calls the spirit, the spirit of truth. And if there was ever a day that we needed truth. There was ever a time where we needed to hear the truth instead of the fake news, right? Instead of the, instead of the lies, instead of some, you know, I don't want to come down on politicians. I know there's probably some good people, but they, all you hear is false promises. All you hear is, I'm going to make things better, and they make things worse. You know, you turn on the, the news, all you hear is, Whatever they want you to hear, their version of truth. But the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. Listen, you'll hear a lot of lies in your life. You might, again, I love doctors. I'm not coming down on doctors. But sometimes a doctor might say something to you that's not the truth. They might tell you, man, there's no hope for you. That's not the truth. The Holy Spirit will lead you into truth. So don't listen to it if it's not true. Stop listening to untrue things. The devil will lie to you. He'll tell you, look, you're not going to make it. But the Holy Spirit of truth in you will rise up and say, I'm going to make it because the Holy Spirit's in me giving me power to live. I'll live and I will not die. So the Spirit of truth is leading you into truth. The devil will come to you and tell you, and tell you man, it, there's no hope for you. No, there's hope. The Spirit of truth will rise up in me. And counterattack, but you've got to be listening to the Spirit of truth. You've got to get good at hearing the Holy Spirit. You've got to ask him, Holy, Holy Spirit, speak to me. I need to know what to do. You better do it every day. You might think, I'm not facing anything. No, you, you might be. You don't even know. You better ask. You better get good at listening. Keep going here, Luke chapter 4. You guys with me so far? I'm just, giving you, I'm just giving you a little introduction to the Holy Spirit. This is Holy Spirit 101. Okay, come back next week, and we're going to get a little deeper. Look at verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee, and what does it say? The power of the Spirit. So he came back after being tempted in the wilderness. He came back, and how did he come back? In the power of the Spirit. Acts chapter 1, again, verse 8, you'll receive power. You're supposed to be living with power. The same power Jesus had, you're supposed to be living with. I, our team was in uh, Panama, I don't know how many years ago, a bunch of years ago we were in Panama. We were, doing, we were doing different ministries and things. And one day we went way out into this countryside, and we were doing at the moment, we were doing a, a children's ministry, and that evening we were having a crusade service and we were there in this little church doing some activities with the kids, and I happened to be up on the stage doing something 
probably ridiculous. I don't know what I was doing with the kids, talking to the kids a little bit about Jesus, and, and we were doing probably some skits and things, and we, we suddenly lost the attention of every kid in the room, every, and the, the adults too. There was parents there with them and everything. They all turned around, and they're looking at the door. I'm like, why are, they, why are they looking? I'm up here, you know, and it's really, that's really frustrating if all of you just suddenly turn around and look at the back of the room. Really frustrating. Well, if some guy had walked in in a suit, and they had a bunch of people around him and taking his pictures and all. I'm like, what is going on? This is madness. And so we just stood there. We're like, okay, we have no idea who this guy is. What's, what's happening? We're just sitting there a little bit frustrated, a little bit, getting a little bit angry. Like, why does this guy think he can just walk in when we're doing something? He walked all the way up. He was so audacious to walk all the way up onto the stage. And he just stood there and, and um, said something to the people. I'm like, okay, take over. And he walked over and he shook my hand and people started taking our pictures and stuff. And I, I'm like, I, and he said something to me in Spanish, and I had no idea what he was saying. I said, okay. And Joelle was there with me. She interpreted. She said, oh, he's the, he's the president of Panama. And I said, like, like, the, like the city, this community that we're No, 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 the, the country. He's the president of the country. I said, okay. Well, he can come in and take his liberties, I guess, do what he wants to do. But I, I remember that situation and just being so impressed with the power the authority that he walked into the room with. He didn't walk in, you know, apologetic. He walked in with authority. Some people will call it arrogant. But he walked in knowing that he had some power. He walked in knowing he could give a command and people would do it. He walked in knowing who he was. Listen, you've got to start living with some power. You've got to start understanding who you are. I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm talking about learning how to understand. You've got something in you. You've got someone in you who's able to handle any situation that might arise. So when something comes against you, stop feeling defeated. I'm preaching to myself now too. Stop feeling defeated and start coming against that thing with the power that's in you. Stop feeling like you're under. You're not under. You're over. Stop feeling defeated. You are victorious because you, greater is he, come on now, get this, greater is he that's in you. Who's in you? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Greater is the Holy Spirit of God in you than anything the devil can throw at you. Greater is the Holy Spirit of God in you than anything this world can come up with, any disease, any sickness, any frustration, anything in this world, greater is he. Greater is he, and he's in me, and he wants good for me, and, he wants, and he's praying for me, and he's giving me power to live. You still okay? Look at what... Jesus says, if you can just throw this up on the screen, Matthew 12, 28. Jesus was having an argument or a discussion with the Pharisees. He had driven out a demon, and they said, well, he's driving out demons because he's, he's got the devil in him, and the devil's got authority over the demons and all this kind of foolishness. And Jesus said, look, a house divided cannot stand, right? And he says to him, if I drive out demons by the Spirit of God... Then, this, then the kingdom of God has come to you. How did he drive out demons? By the Spirit of God. He did not drive out demons because he, was, because he was God, and he was God. He was fully God. He drove out demons by the power of the Spirit of God that was in him because he was, 
showing us how we're supposed to live. With power. You've got power in you. Got the Holy Spirit power. Keep going here at Luke chapter 4. Listen, the sky is the limit for you. There is, no, there is no limitation to the Holy Spirit, is there? Can you think of anything God can't do? If you find something, you tell me, and I'll tell you you're wrong. There's nothing he can't do. So there's nothing in your life that he can't do. There are no limits on you. The only limitation is what you decide with your faith. I don't believe that can happen. Okay. Okay. But there's no limitations on you because there's no limitations on the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, it says in, in verse 16, he came to Nazareth, Nazareth where he'd been brought up. He went in the synagogue. He took the scroll of Isaiah that was given to him, and he read this passage that we've read so many times, and you've heard it so many times, but let me just read it again. Because he says it this way. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. The Spirit, so he begins this way by emphasizing the Holy Spirit's on me. And he has anointed me. Listen, you have the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God on your life. You have his anointing. There is nothing that can stand against you because you've got the anointing. And he goes on to read this. He says, he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Listen, the word of God says the anointing. It's the anointing that breaks or destroys the yoke. The yoke was a, uh, you know what it was, a tool they would put on animals to pull the, the plow and everything, and it would, it would harness them to this plow. And the yoke represents the thing that ties you down. It ties you to your sin. It ties you to your past. It ties you to your, your problem. It ties you to your handicap. It ties you to this thing. But the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God, when it gets on you, it destroys everything that tries to come against you. It destroys every sin. It destroys every bondage. It destroys every chain. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is going to do it in your life. Thank you, Lord. I remember I've shared this before. There was a passage in Psalm 23 where it talks about the Lord's my shepherd, right? And he says, you anoint my head with oil. You anoint my head with oil. Did you know shepherds would actually anoint a sheep's head with oil? They would rub oil all over that sheep's the, the head and, and over, over across the whole body. They would just cover them in oil. And the idea was when the, when the insects and the flies and the fleas would try to get on them and bite them, they would get stuck in the oil. They could not get past the oil. They could not touch the animal because of the oil. Listen, you've got the anointing oil of the Holy Spirit on you. When the enemy tries to come against you, he can't get through the oil. He can't get past the anointing. Stuff's going to try to come on you, but it cannot get past the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God on you. Come on. Are you awake this morning? Give the Lord a hand. Come on. This is good. You've got the anointing on you. Listen, he's a good shepherd. I read this the other day. I'll just share this because I thought it was interesting. 
I, I read about a, a group, a tour group in Israel. They were touring different, different sites, you know, and, and you've heard Pastor Kim talk about different places that he's gone in Israel. It sounds so beautiful. And they were up in these hills where the, where the sheep were across a hillside. And there was a, a man who was driving the sheep across the road. And he was so violent and he was so rough with those sheep and he was beating them and he was hollering and, and cursing at them and just was kicking them. He's so rough. And one of the tour group members spoke up and said something to the tour group leader. She said, I thought shepherds were supposed to be good. I thought they were kind. I thought they would lead the sheep with kindness. He said, oh, yes, they are. They're kind and they lead, they lead well. They're, they're good shepherds. He said, but that man's not the shepherd. He's the butcher. Listen, listen. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. There's a thief who comes to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you can have life and life more abundant. Come on. So the anointing, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. Listen, we live in a, he says, he says this, let me say this. Jesus was anointed. Part of his anointing, he says, was to proclaim recovery of sight to the blind. We live in a blind world. We, I mean, look at our world. There's so much blindness. People would not do the things they were doing if they weren't blind. They don't know what they're doing. It reminds me of Jesus when he was on the cross. What did he say? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing because they're blind. This world is blind. But listen, you have an anointing. And part of your anointing is to proclaim recovery of sight for blind people. And so you can walk around when you see some foolishness happen, happening in the name of Jesus, that veil's coming off. You can proclaim that. Veil, get off their, get off their eyes. I proclaim in the name of Jesus, they're going to be able to see. And they're going to suddenly look at what's going on. Why am I doing this? I can't believe I was doing this and I was doing that. Because they were blind, but now they can see. You can proclaim recovery of sight for the blind. Listen, we get so upset at our world. We get so upset at what's going on. Stop getting upset and start functioning in your anointing. Look at Luke chapter 13. I'm, I'm, I got a lot I want to say, but I'm going to keep it short today. Luke chapter 13. And go to verse 12 for me. Uh, verse 10. Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. A woman was there who had been disabled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and she could not straighten up at all. So here's Jesus. He sees this woman in the synagogue, he sees her bent over and he recognizes it's a spirit. It's a spirit that's oppressed her, that's brought infirmity, brought sickness, brought disability to her life. And it, listen, it's like our world. Our world is being torn apart by the devil because he knows his time is short. And he is going on a rampage in our world disabling, destroying, I mean, just doing everything he can think of, every kind of madness he can think of, but you are not powerless. You are not powerless. You can, here, here's what, look what Jesus does. He just walks up to the woman and he calls out to her, woman, you're free of your disability. He didn't say anything else. He laid hands on her and she was restored. 
Hey, you're free from your disability. Hey, she didn't even come and ask. She didn't even, she didn't even say, Jesus, would you set me? He just, hey, he saw her and he spoke to her. That's power. That's authority. Listen, our world is bent over. It's been crippled by disease. It's been crippled by sin. It's been crippled by the devil. But you've got authority to walk over and say, be set free from your infirmity. Devil, go in the name of Jesus. Take some authority today. Listen, maybe there's something in your life. Let me talk about you for a minute. There's something in your life that's been on your that's been weighing on you, some kind of thing that's come against you, something on your, on your body, maybe some infirmity, maybe some, maybe some disease, maybe you've got something weighing on your mind, weighing on your, on your heart, weighing on your life. You've got some kind of brokenness in your family, some kind of brokenness in your life. Listen, I want you to know today, you can be free of your infirmity. You just use the power, the authority that's within you because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. But you got to take some authority. You got to stop letting. Sometimes we, we say, oh man, the devil's been coming against me. No, stop letting the devil come against you. You start coming against him. What do we read this morning? The enemy's going to come against you one way, but he's going to flee seven ways. Why is he fleeing seven ways? Because he's so scared. They're just scattering. They don't know what to do because you're walking in power. You're walking in authority. You're walking in the power of the Spirit. Hey, stand up with me. I want to pray for you right now. And I want to invite you this morning. If you're filled with the Spirit, I want you to pray in the Spirit for a moment. Because here's what I believe. I believe the Spirit of God wants to intercede for you today. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to intercede for you. Maybe you're going through something. Maybe you're going to be going through something. Maybe you need whatever it is. The Holy Spirit wants to intercede for you. And he wants to pray through you. Maybe there's something in a family member's life and the Holy Spirit's going to begin to intercede for them. Don't shortchange yourself and say, well, I'm just, I don't have any major needs. No, you begin to pray in the Spirit because God's going to, God's going to, God wants to break out. Listen, I read this at the beginning of ser- the service this morning. Jesus stood up and he said, anybody who's thirsty, come to me and drink. And he said, out of your bellies are going to flow rivers of living water rivers of living water. And it says, he said that about the Holy Spirit who was coming upon us who believe. Listen, I want you to know something today. You've got rivers of living water, but you got to open it up. You got to turn on the faucet. You got to let it come out because God wants to break out through you. He wants to move in your life. He wants to move in your family. He wants to move in your community, but you got to let him out. Turn on the faucet today. Pray in the spirit for the next few seconds. Just pray. this. If you're not filled with the spirit, it's okay. You just pray. If you've not been baptized with the Holy Spirit, you can have it today before this service is over. You can receive it. You receive it just like you receive salvation. You say, Holy Spirit, I receive all that you have for me. I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We'll pray for you. But right now, I want you just to pray in the Spirit as we close out this service. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Listen, he's interceding through you today. If you're, if you're watching this, just pause for a second. If you're watching this this morning or you're here in this room and Jesus Christ is not the Lord of your life, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. Listen, you can have the Holy Spirit. 
You can have the Holy Spirit living in you. The Holy Spirit, first of all, comes upon you when you are born again. And unless you're born again, you can't have the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit wants to live in you. And the way you receive the Holy Spirit, you got to receive Jesus. You say, Jesus, come into my heart. Make me a new person. Make your home in me. And if you need to do that this morning, right where you are, you just pray that prayer with me. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me for my sins and make me a new person. I invite your Holy Spirit to live in me today in the name of Jesus. And for the rest of you, maybe you're facing something today. Maybe you're going through a situation. You just release the Holy Spirit to move in your heart. You release the Holy Spirit to move in your life. You say, Holy Spirit, have your way in me. Holy Spirit, I seek your direction. Holy Spirit, I thank you for interceding for me and just let him, turn him loose. Turn him loose today. Use the authority that's been given to you. If there's something coming against you, you just speak against it in the name of Jesus. Let me pray for you right now. If you're going through something, if you're going through a situation, if you have a physical need, if you have a need in your family, whatever it might be, I want you just to raise your hand right now and receive this. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front, but just as an act of faith, I want you to lift your hand and say, Lord, I'm, I'm receiving this today in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just declare over every situation, over every need, Lord, I declare the, the healing, miracle, working power of the Holy Spirit to break loose. Lord, I thank you right now that needs are being met because you are more than enough and there's nothing impossible for you. And greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And we have received power because the Holy Spirit's on us. And so, Lord, we declare right now the power of the Holy Spirit is working through us. Lord, I thank you today. All of our needs are met according to your riches. I thank you today that we are walking in the blessing and favor of God today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Maybe you're here today. And you'd say, you know what? You've been talking about the Holy Spirit, but I don't have the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We'll talk more about it in the future. But today, if you're here and you say, I want to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I want to invite you, if you're comfortable with it, come to the front and we'll, someone will pray for you. Or you can receive right where you are too. Or if you're watching at home, you can receive the Holy Spirit. And you receive just like you receive salvation. You say, you say Lord, I receive what you have for me. He has this for you. He has this gift for you. He wants you to live in it. And he said, it's good that I go to the Father because then you can have this gift. The disciples received the Holy Spirit before Jesus went to heaven. He breathed on them. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. But then he, before he went to heaven, he said, go to Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit. So they had the Holy Spirit in them. But he said to go and wait for the baptism of the Holy Spirit of fire that's coming on you. And they went to Jerusalem and they waited. And, and the Holy Spirit came into that room on the day of Pentecost like a mighty rushing wind. Tongues of fire came upon them and they all spoke in tongues. And Lord, I thank you today that you have the baptism in the Holy Spirit for us. Lord, I thank you today that you have a baptism in power for us. Lord, I thank you that we are not powerless in this world. We're not left. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you like orphans. You didn't leave us like orphans. You left us the spirit of adoption, the Holy Spirit of God to live inside of us. Lord, to be big in us, to give us power so that the world will be amazed at what you're doing in our lives. So Lord, we receive this today in the name of Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for breaking out in each life. I want to encourage you today. You take the time this week, pray in the Spirit. You take time each day this week, pray in the Spirit. If you're not filled with the Spirit, you're going to be if you want to be. And you just pray in the Spirit. And let the Holy Spirit speak through you. Let Him intercede through you. You're walking in power today like Jesus walked. You're being led by the Spirit like Jesus was. You have the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon you just like Jesus had. So, Lord, we thank you today for your Holy Spirit power that's at work in us. Thank you, Lord.